Welcome Pathfinders to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Where we're in big trouble. And where there's skin being <laughs> flayed and... Freaking Egger suit lady here. Sugar. What a... <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ugh. Horrifying. Find the Path Podcast new skin suit edition. Oh, yes. geez, More body horror. Apparently the fifth element is body horror. So here we go, I guess. That is, yes, that is the uh, the fifth element of this. It's not love or whatever you have, but... Body horror. This giant lady played by Miliovich. That's kind of on point. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, supposed to kick back off on things. When last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers had finally made their way into the inner sanctum of Hakatep, wherein they had had a chance to meet with the ghost, the spiritual presence, at the very least, of one Sahila the Shori sister of uh, Jashura, the mm -hmm. div that you had met in the previous adventure, who had been uh, sold out by her sister to Hakatep, who had used her in conjunction with uh, Chisisek's mastery of all things clockwork to craft this pyramid, this flying uh, fortress that you find yourself in. Not a B, is it 52 bomber? Think B52. So. B52 is a thing. Yeah, that is a that is a type of bomber. Sorry, I apologize. The B17. The B17 was the flying there it fortress. Is. Anyway, for any of you uh, World War II lovers, it's weird. It's a really weird way of saying that. No one, I think, really loved World War II. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, maybe uh, history buffs. History buffs. There yes, you, go. you had uh, had a chance to speak with Sahila, learn a little bit more about. Uh, well, the danger that you're in down here, as far as her concerns over uh, Harkatep, she had suggested facing his uh, his wife, Neferuset, first, as uh, the idea of the two of them fighting side by side would be terrifying. Well, especially because mm -hmm. she probably has the harm spell, which could regenerate him completely. Quite feasibly. However, before you could continue on, you would need to seek out his herald, the voice of Harkatep and Mech, of what you did. After making your way down the hallway. Was the same lady that like projected down and yeah. talked yes. to us? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly the same lady. Six some scorpions on you at the beginning of this book. Yeah. That jerk. <laughs> I already had a reason to dislike her. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now she's back for round two. You had uh, explored for a brief bit, run into uh, two doors of which had uh, large handprint designs. You decided to attempt the southernmost of these, which was down the, the passageway of Anubis and entered into a chamber that seems to have maybe been dedicated to the opener of the way, Anubis, the uh, the god of, well, technically they're kind of all gods of death, but the god of the passage into the afterlife, uh, where you'd found Enmech apparently turning uh, bodies into these new Akumen that she is creating down here. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't like them. Terrifying like and them. horrible. And upon uh, speaking to her, she basically said, okay, well, fine. Went all Thanos and said, I'll do it myself and put on the gauntlet. <laughs> And then use that gauntlet to subsequently rip off her skin and turn into a nine foot tall, skinless behemoth thing. It does. I think Jordan mentioned it there. It does strike me a little attack on Titan. Yeah. I was going to say, it's, I did is, not yeah. realize I had nailed that so precisely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a little uh, bit of the female Titan from Attack on Titan sort of situation. Yep. But also she's going to try to take citrus skin. I know. I, I like yeah. my skin. I would like to keep it. She does a regimen to keep it supple. I do. I have a it's pumice true. stone and everything. <laughs> it's volcanic. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. So a, uh, a fight had then followed where the Akumen were uh, basically swarming over two and stabbing him uh, repeatedly. Fortunately, he has damage reduction because otherwise he'd be in pretty rough shape. In the meantime, uh, Buffalo Bill had turned and made two attacks successfully against Citra before... Uh, two attacks and a rend. Two attacks well, yeah, and rend a rend. for attacking twice and hitting. So thankfully did not damage me for as much because I do have stone skin activated with my ring. So yes. it still hurt, but not quite as bad. But 20 per or twenty points less hurt is what I'm hearing from that. Yes. Yep, you had fortunately decided to activate your uh, your ring of stony flesh, which I think you guys actually found. A while back. Ooh, that was last book, wasn't it? It was book five, yeah. It's a bit. It. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's been a bit. It was a, it was a recent addition to your arsenal. But yeah, I suppose we should just kick things off as I, I believe I left off to get everyone back on the same page. The lot of you standing here in the uh, the Temple of Anubis, defiled Temple of Anubis. The uh, the dark stone here stained and cluttered with the, uh, the bloody puddles and footprints covering the floor in here. Eight stone tables upon which were previously laid out eight bodies who had stood to their feet 
uh, shambled up, grabbed up their weapons and armament before pushing to the attack as all of you had rushed your way forward. Three of the Yawkmen towards the back of the room, along with Anmech and Citra, who had been telekinetically thrown into the uh, flanking position towards the beginning of the battle. Two more Akumen separating Citra from two, and then another Akumen on the other side of two. Uh, so two is flanked from two sides by Akumen, although Masika is also like right behind his right calf, and then Sudi's flanking the flanker as far as the next Akumen back. <laughs> And uh, Hollis, of course, standing back towards the back. Although, actually, Hollis is kind of closer into the mix than she normally is. Mm, so know. we had left off with uh, Enmech doing these uh, these two attacks and a rend, at which point she can use her supernatural seize skin special ability. Uh, uh. I want my skin. It belongs to me, not her. <laughs> well, we're going to find out who it belongs to here in a second. I will need Citra to make me a fortitude save. I don't, I don't you want, want to roll well. I think. Is it a death saving throw? Is it mind affecting? Is it? Yeah. Is it a, is it a death? Thing? I don't know. Fear? Mm, nope. It's just a rip skin off your, your body. Are you sure? It, it feels like an aura of despair because I'm is very despairing about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank <Nope>. God. <gasps> and don't forget you're shaken. I know, which is a minus two, which sucks, but I did roll a 19. Yeah. Oh. Citra and Hollis, I believe, are shaken for still another 20 rounds. Yeah, for like ever. Yeah, yes, pretty much. For, for 20 like more rounds. Ever. <laughs> okay. Two whole minutes. Okay. But I rolled a 19, which was a 31, okay. minus two for the shaken, 29. A 29 will succeed as she <laughs> rips into <laughs> your flesh. Oh, you feel it. this horrid <gasps> sensation. Again, this is not just her using her claws to literally flay you. This is actually a supernatural effect that causes your skin to loosen its hold Ooh. on the muscle beneath. <laughs> So oh. that it would, I believe the term would be sloth album. What is the terminology, sloth. Heather? I think you told me before. Uh, Deglove. Is that yeah. correct? Oh, mm -hmm. God, yeah. you're right. Oh, oh. Yep. So, uh, fortunately, oh, body horror. Oh. fortunately, this just instead hurts very, very badly. Uh, you are bleeding everywhere. Yeah. Mechanically. Yeah. yeah. From and Mech, who, uh, Wrecked a little bit of face there. Oh, yeah. She tried to take my we, face. We go to the Aquaman at the top of the initiative. <laughs> he will drop his bow, draw his Kopesh, as they are now wont to do, rush his way forward, provoking an attack of opportunity from Citra. I will take it. All right. I will Cut roll a natural one, because I just Dang almost it. got flayed. <laughs> you know what? Your skin's still a little loose. Understandable. Yeah, I'm, I'm still recovering. <laughs> he rushes into the flank against Citra. Except he doesn't realize she's a rogue, I guess. Yep. No, I mean, he doesn't know any of your classes. I don't have that. Oh, Citra's oh, always been able to be flanked. Oh, yep. that's right. That's right. Oh. That's why those rogues back in uh, the Sightless Sphinx were such a pain for her. Oof. So he rushes forward to there, and you know, it seems like they've been pretty reliably hitting the party. So he will power attack. Uh-oh. I hates it. I hates it. Oh, man. I say that. Yeah, that's only a 25. That will miss. So he rushes forward, swings. The two on every die. Uh, misses Citra, who's stumbling back, still keeping her like combat awareness he, as she realizes. He slipped in my blood. That's what happened. Yes, he slipped in your blood. <laughs> slipped on his cheek. Or he slipped on the other lady's skin that she dropped. Oh, <laughs> don't remind us that's there. Oh, that's going be difficult terrain. It's even worse. I don't like it. That's so wrong. So, uh, oh Yep, rushes forward. So now Citra is flanked behind, has another Akumen to her right, and then two more Akumen five feet away off towards her left. Uh, taking us to two. To seize the situation Citra's in. <laughs> it's help. bad. It's real bad. Hefts his Kopesh. Yay. Flares to light and we'll go ahead and full out attack. And you know what? He will also power attack because he's been hitting these guys too. pretty reliably. Get him. So taking a two-handed grip, swings his weapon down, chops towards the one closest to him. I keep doing a power attack, and then I keep rolling abysmally. I, I need him to not roll abysmally. I want to live. That is a 26, which will actually miss. Oh, no. And he's now power attacking, so he'll and go ahead and swing again. That is a 20, which will miss. Wow. Wow. The dice have turned. Uh, unfortunately, that is a 17. 
After I roll oh a five, boy. a four, and a six. Wow. So Garbage. Two's also a little bit thrown off by the, it's like, I'm, it, I'm very was, disturbed by this entire situation. Also, these guys are chip, chip, chipping away at my shins. Bring us to Masika of the Beckon. Uh, I'm going to use my uh, true spirit ability to channel as a free action. Okay. True spirit. All right. So everybody gets 28 hit points back. And nice. that'll close Citra's bleeding. That will. And then I'm going to cast positive pulse greater. I successfully do it on the defensive. Oh, okay. oh, they're undead. Yeah, yeah they're sure, undead. They should have been taking damage from your helmet. Yeah, my helm. Oh, dang. Oh, remind me going forward. Yep. I mean, it's only a D6 of damage, but you know what? It adds up hey. and sometimes it kills a thing. True. All right, so they all need to make a will save. Fail! It's a DC 22. DC 22. All right, so that's 17. It's a natural one. It's a 10. That is a 22. And that's it on the nose. And then and mech. Fail it. Is a 32. Oh, okay. Well, Yikes. Poop. All right, so um, let's see. So if they save, it doesn't look like they take damage. Each creature damaged by pot of injury area must make a will save or take... Yeah, so they don't... The ones that save don't take any damage. Okay. So that is Anmech and uh, the one I affectionately call Blue. Um, everybody... All the other ones take 24 hit points of positive energy damage. Ouch. Any living creature in the area, which I think is just Citra and two... Gain a plus three, plus eight bonus on saving throws against death effects, energy drain, negative energy, and effects directly caused by haunts for the next round. Nice. Cool. Nice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Much appreciated. Uh, that also does destroy the one that was between two and Citra. Oh, good. As it is uh, consumed <laughs> by the blast of energy. And Masika is going to go ahead as and Masika take a five-foot Masika throws foot a positive step. energy grenade into the mix. Narmer, Narmer Hootie, turn on Hootie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Can do. All I wish right. I had a bag, so I'm not sure what's going on, but it sounds like you guys are doing great. <laughs> Ex yes. Except for that, that weird gagging sound that's coming from Horace's direction. <laughs> so every since Hootie's in the bag, everybody within 30 feet gets the plus one morale bonus on attack and damage rolls. Okay. And that's the end of my turn. From Masika, we go to Hall Starkweather. Hollis is going to start by trying to figure out if she knows more about this giant lady. Yes, please. Kay. Kill the giant lady. She's a big lady. Knowledge religion. All right, I roll a 10 for a 37. The 37, you do know a little bit more about the écorché. The écorché, which actually I found out recently is an actual word. Oh. Anyway. I've never uh, it is a painting it or sculpture of a human figure with the skin removed to display the mus musculature. So it's very on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently Why if you go to Body Works thing? or whatever, it's a écorché. like an anatomy thing. Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, because it also applies to, like, drawings and things like that, so. I guess that's true. Hmm. So, yeah, you're aware of all the same stuff that uh, Masika was aware of pertaining towards them. You may also ask two questions pertaining towards the Ecoche. Uh, First of all... What's their deal? I was thinking, like, <laughs> true seeing would be, like, a special quality, right? That I essentially want to know quality. that if I, if, if I make Citra invisible, can this lady see her or sense her in yeah, any that way? Yeah, would, that would be nice to know. I would like to know this as well. Yes, I would like to know her senses. Very well. Uh, you are aware that she has dark vision, and that is it. Oh, perfection. Uh, what's her damage reduction? Her damage reduction is 15. The weapon must be both silver and good aligned. Well, there goes huh. that. So much for that. And then these guys, anything about them? I mean, I might as well see if there's anything I need to know uh, about yeah, them. Yeah, you can make an knowledge religion if you so wish. I roll a 14 for a 41 on those guys. Uh, just because you've had so much exposure, uh, these are re creatures referred to as mummified creatures. They are not true yep. mummies. Uh, they are, however, mummified creatures that have the standard mummified creature stuff, which means that they get a frightful presence, Sora. Although uh, you guys, again, are too high of a level for that to affect. Otherwise, it would have been great because I could have gotten you with a shaken and then another shaken from that, mm -hmm. which would have made it frightened and then you run away. Uh, it would have been the mm -hmm. fight against the Bodox uh, all over again. Bacox, yep. And they, they didn't have, like, true sight or anything, right? These creatures, to your knowledge, no. You're aware that they have damage reduction. They have a weakness, although you have to actually make the perception check to see what hieroglyph they have on there. Right. To see what their weakness is. Okay. All right. Here's what Hollis is going to do. 
Let me do some measuring, starting with some oh, measuring. Also, and anyone that they kill with a uh, natural attack or a slam attack is disintegrated. That was an important Thankfully, one. they're using weapons. Yeah, we don't love that, but they are using Kopesh's. All right, Hollis is going to run up next to Citra. Oh, um, this is such a bad idea. And then have a genius, stupid plan. Is it the kind of stupid where you kill stuff? Because we're kind of in the we-need-to-kill-stuff phase. I'm trying to keep Citra from dying. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> Citra's the one that's going to kill these things much faster than me without blowing all of my super high-level spells. Uh, yeah. the, pr the problem you're going to run into is if you run in there, you're going to... I don't know if there's a way you can get in there without provoking an attack Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run in there. While I'm running in there, I'm going to draw my Rod of Quicken. With my Rod of Quicken, I'm going to cast Mirror Image on myself. Okay. And I'm going to have a bunch of me. Eight Holuses. I will then defensively cast Invisibility on Citra, which I rolled an 11 to get a 31 for that. Okay. So uh, invisibility or greater invisibility? Just invisibility. I don't actually have greater. Good old invisibility. Hey, it'll help. And then you can stab them and get sneak attack. But mostly I'm trying to let you get somewhere if you don't want to yeah. be the one standing toe to toe with the flesh ripper lady. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't <laughs> flesh really ripper. You know, like flesh the ripper. Ah! So and Hollis goes good. rushing forward, extends a hand, lays it upon Citra as Hollis and Citra are both very wary of this uh, massive giant that has given them the shaking condition. Bringing us to the rearmost Aquaman. Drop bow, draw sword, close in. Uh, he will move forward to where Citra was. Then we'll go ahead and take a swing because they actually only have a 20 foot movement speed. So you'd have to double move otherwise. So we'll just take that 50-50 chance. Thinking there hasn't been enough time for her to get out of the way. And that is a 48, which will miss due to the mischance. Not a 48 to hit, a 48 oh, to mischance. I was about to be like, uh, haha. Uh, the actual to hit was a 37, though. Oh, ew. Why are they so effective? Well, that's why I'm letting you. You might find out eventually. Here. From there, we go to the other Akumin that is uh, flanketed between two and Sudi. So, first off, he's going to go ahead and kick in as a swift action his burst of vengeance. What? Uh, that lets that. him That's act illegal. as if hasted. So, uh, Dang it. He'll go ahead and do a full-out haste attack. On two, right? On two. Dang it. On two. Let's go. I mean, I guess that's better two than me. Is it? So the Akumen full-out attacks two. That is a 39, which will hit two. Eh, don't like. Don't like it all. I'll go ahead and just roll them all at once. There it is. Uh, haste attack is a 43, which is a threat. Good lord. A 43 to confirm, which will confirm the critical hit. And last attack is a 23, which will not strike two. So two hits. First one strikes two for 18, which is eight points of damage after the damage reduction. The second one strikes two for 30 points even. Should be 20 points after his damage reduction as he continues to slam in, slam in, slam in. It then takes a little uh, step as it steps off to the side and out of that flank. Dang it. He's in my way. From there we go to Citra Nahamra, the invisible rogue. Five foot step back, reach into my handy haversack, cast greater invisibility. Okay. So that I stay invisible. And that's my Nice. Turn. Nice. All right. So Citra pops back, casts a greater invisibility on her. You will still need to make your use magic device check. I roll a 12, which gets me a 31 to cast. A 31 will succeed. So you pop back, pull out the scroll, chant and tone, cast it. You're now double invisible because that doesn't actually break your initial invisibility to become yes. improved invisible. Yay. Yep. Only an attack does. The bonuses do not stack. Oh, that would be wild. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. That would be I'm insane. just being facetious. You have a plus From four Citra, Anyway. We go to the Akumen. He will. They're just chipping at two. Um, but he also needs that flank. Citra's gone now. Yeah, suck it. You should move into the flank. We'll provoke. You know, he'll take a five-foot step to the side, and we'll also use his burst of uh, vengeance and full-out attack, too. That, however, is a 25. Don't follows that up with a 36, which will do. And follows that up with a 30 even, which will not hit two as he is large size, not huge size. There's the one problem I have with two is his AC is constantly in flux. Mm. That's how I feel with Sudi. I've got all these notes on, like, what happens when I'm enlarged. <laughs> So many changes. Still hits with uh, 13 with the first hit, 19 with the second hit, which are going to be just both adjusted down. So three points from the first hit, nine points from the second hit. Chipping away at two as he is now down to about 60%. From the Akumen, we go to Sudikantar. 
Okay, Sudi's going to have to get the attention of uh, Big and Scary. Uh, so he is going to provoke as he moves around uh, the Aquaman that he was facing off against in order to get uh, closer to uh, Anmech. All right, the Aquaman will take the attack of opportunity. Yep. And probably score a hit. That is a 39. Ah, dang it. Even with mobility, that, that does it. That is a threat. Yep. I have a 40% or a 30% immunity to that right now. You're going to need it because he did get a perfect 20 to confirm. Ugh, gosh darn Why? it. Why? And a 41 for the percentile. Okay, he gets through it. Oh, you're not up to 50. That's sad. It doesn't go to 50. Oh. It, it caps it. It caps at 30 and DR3 whenever I'm normal, and then I get uh, DR5 and 40% immunity whenever <laughs> I am in big in big in your big boy. So the Kopesh whips around, slicing into you for 30 points of damage as the blade Ow! sings through the air, cutting into Sudi's side. The Ackerman spins his bloodied Kopesh. Ow! All right, that was unfortunate. All right, so I'm going to move up uh, 15 feet uh, to go past this guy. I'm then going to use swift action to grow large uh, in order to put myself into melee range with on mech. All right. And then I will punch on mech to get uh, her attention. (laughs) Fair enough. This is probably a bad idea, TM. It might be harder to take your skin off, though, if you're big, right? Right? It might be harder right. to take my skin my skin off if uh, first off, yes. Uh, it would also make it harder to take my skin off because it's stony. But you would think, but apparently not. I mean, if all she has to do is hit you with a rend, and it's not, it doesn't say anything about being size dependent. Then supernatural. Ah, I got a perfect twenty. There we go. Nice. A perfect twenty will automatically hit threat. Roll to confirm. Come on. Okay, yeah. that is a fifteen for a forty. A 40 will confirm your critical yes! hit as you rush around, take this vicious cut to your side, stumble forward, kind of enlarging as two sort of shoots out a hand to kind of catch you from slipping and falling as the blade hits you before you explode up and heel drop across the top of one of these stone platforms straight towards uh, your target. So that is 38 points of damage. Oh, nice. A Good solid hit. hit, although uh, some of that is absorbed by her DR. Yeah. I would like to take my opportunist. Yes, get her. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Such a springs to the four. That is a, a 15 for a 34, which is a threat because I have a large crit range. A 34 will hit threat. Roll to confirm. Yay! Will a 36 confirm because I rolled a 17. A 36 will confirm your critical hit as you Yay. dive to the yes. attack your blade whipping into her. And I am invisible. Yes, you are. You are, in fact, invisible. Bad news. Bad news. Oh, wait, bad news. Bad news, though. Uh, that does dispel your invisibility. Not your I'm, greater invisibility, but your greater I was going to say, I'm still invisible. <laughs> <laughs> no more double bonuses okay. for you. Yeah. I know. No more super secret double, triple sneak attack. No more extra stealth bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your plus 80 stealth. <laughs> uh, I always just want to play a wizard with invisibility and summon monster spells. Oh my gosh! So like I'm not directly attacking anyone. <laughs> people really love a, a conjuration wizard. I've seen many people talk about them being amazing. I make that joke, but I would hate it for the podcast because so oh, many yeah. summoning spells slowing things down so much. I hide yep. over here and I summon fifteen wolves. Uh, that would be thirty-six points of regular damage, one point of electricity, and four points of fire. Nice. Barrel a solid hit as your blade skewers into her. Blood pouring down from where you cut into her. Take some of her skin. A large ch- chunk of her exposed. To be perfectly honest, this is one of the easiest, uh, as far as your attacking thing has ever been concerned, fights that you've had, considering she has no skin. Ergo, She's finding tendons and other vulnerable vital points. <laughs> it's relatively it's a, little, easy. a little easier to see without the. You I mean, know, her, vi- her vital covering. points are protected by her uh, her rather impressive um, musculature. Yeah, I was gonna say her, her rather impressive abs. <laughs> Yep, since your cuts deep into Unmecha, I'm assuming that you're going to do your usual. Yes, I would like to uh, bewilder her and disorient her. So uh, minus two to the group, minus eight against me. Boom! Uh, Get her. Not that she can even see you to attack. True. From Sudi, whose turn it technically was. Yep. We go to the Akumen. So he will go ahead and step forward and to the side, provoking from Hollis if she has a weapon out and also provoking from the invisible Citra because he's unaware I where she I is. I technically have the yeah. staff. 
I roll a 16 for a 27. Minus 2. 25. Y'all are remembering that hootie singing, right? 26. A 26 will not strike your target. Okay, well then my uh, my 6 for a 25 isn't going to get it either. A 25 will strike your flat-footed foe since you are oh, invisible yeah, as you whip your right. blade around. Hey. <laughs> cutting into your target. Hollis is like, this is why I don't swing this thing. <laughs> not the best roll, but that's okay. Uh, 31 points of regular damage, 2 points of electricity, 3 points of fire. Very well. Uh, so it runs to get in the flank against Hollis before Citra's arm darts out, slices clear through the side of its neck as the creature crumples into dust as it attempts to move past the I like the idea uh, that it was trying to politely rogue. shuffle past, like, excuse me, pardon me, just turned into dust. I'll just high five Citra because I can actually see her still. I know. I've got greater invisibility on too, so I <laughs> can theoretically see myself in a mirror. <laughs> Oh, you mean C? Same invisibility? Yeah. That Sorry, brings us to... Whatever. <laughs> what did I say? Rad. I don't even know. Greater. And mech. Which is also true. All right. This is going to hurt. Yep. Citra's gone. But not forgotten. Yeah, she'll go ahead and swing at Sudi. Yep. She's bearing that y'all. mask that she very much wants. Yep. So lashes out an attack at Sudi. She'll hold off on power attack. Apparently, she should not have held off on power attack. Uh, that <laughs> is a 44. Oh, yeah. That hits. Uh, 23 points of damage from her first claw. Okay. Follows that up with a 38. Yep, that hits. Clawing into you with the second claw. Fortunately, you're immune to the bleed damage. Yep. That's helpful. I didn't particularly like bleeding everywhere. Striking you for 24 points of damage from the second hit. At which point, once again, as she digs these her claws in, <laughs> she smiles again. Since she has no skin, you can just see this rictus smile split her face uh, before she rins. Great. Great. Ooh, that is a good roll. Uh, I don't want to hear that. Uh, that is for that. 28 points of uh, damage. Ow. Uh, again, yeah, you're still immune to that bleed, which is great. And okay, that hurt a lot. I will now need a fortitude save as she attempts to skin you alive. There is oh, don't do it. more than one way don't do it. to skin a cat folk. You had to, do, you had to go there. Oh, you had to go uh, there, man. Uh, he uh, just oh, said what I was thinking. You're terrible. <laughs> These are not sayings I have on the tip of the tongue. Oh, God. All right, good news. I rolled a 19, so that gets me a oh, 40 go. to save, so I'm okay, good. good. All right. A 40 would save. Otherwise, she'd be wearing your stony flesh and get your damage. I know. That. Actually, that's not how that works. <laughs> hey, hey, in the back. The worst part of her ability is not actually the blood loss. So uh, it's that's completely the, separate. The, the flesh, isn't it? I'm sure it's a, you have so many rounds to do something or else you just die because just you die. don't have yeah. any skin. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We've got some after party questions, I think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> From Mech, we go to... The Akumen formally fighting Citra. Uh, he'll just go ahead and take a five-foot shuffle to the side to get in that flank against Hollis. Uh, yeah. Burst of vengeance and full-out attack. Yeah, well, that just seems time necessary. So that is 44. And it's a natural one, which will not hit. Wow, that's the only thing they can roll and not hit me. <laughs> and something. a 27. Yep, that hits me too. So two slices. The first slice is for a painful 18. The second follow-up slice is for 14 more points of damage. So it steps aside and begins to stab, stab, stab. Bring us two, two. He's going to just try to attack again and hopefully roll higher than a six. There's more than a six on every dice but a d6 and a d4. So (laughs) he'll go ahead and attack at the... uh, And a d2. The Akumin that he is flanking with Hollis. Yeah, I mean, technically. That is a perfect yeah. 20, which will automatically Yay! hit. Yay! Redemption! That's a 40 with the uh, the birdie bonus from Masika. Sweet. Which will Lovely. confirm his critical. Yay! Uh, striking him for 66 Ooh. points of damage as he Good sends gracious. scattered bits of Akumin flying in every direction. Nice. As he reduces it to negative 53. <laughs> Wowzers. He's <based. laughs> He will then step forward. Swinging over Hollis to the other Akumen. Oh, I'm trapped here. Okay, please kill him. You can move through his square. Yeah, but I can't five foot step away. That is a 27, which will be a hit. Get him. Get him, too. Get him. Get him. Get him. Peck his little kill. face off. 
Yeah. 32 points of damage as he cleaves the Akumin in two. Oh, okay, there we good. go. Excellent. He spins with his third swing back towards Anmek. Nice. Odds of this hitting are somewhat low. Uh, that is still a 24, She's which is a respectable skin. swing, but that unfortunately will not strike her. Yeah, uh, despite her being just skin, she actually does have a plus 16 natural armor, so I'm not sure where that's coming Probably from. Probably like supernatural. Yeah, two unfortunately yeah. does miss with that swing, bringing us to Masika of the Beckon. All right. Uh, Masika is going to move to this Akuman that's in the back, and I'm going to use my healing hex on it because, yeah. I might as well. Just because it's free, basically. <laughs> this is Joe. Joe's getting healed. <laughs> please please kill Joe with your helping. Please help him into the afterlife. Bye. I roll a 15, which gets me a 28 to touch him. A 28 will hit your target's touch AC. Yay. All right. So my healing hex works as a cure moderate wounds. Um, and then with my other hex, with my enhanced cures, the level plusage doesn't not doesn't cap out so he's gonna take 26 points of positive energy damage yeah there we go that is a 19 to save yeah no a 24 dc's 24 Very well. a solid hit as you step <laughs> forward grab onto him pulse this energy through you nice. through from masika we go to hollis starkweather all right hollis is gonna walk her silly friend booty over here behind her good friend too Yep, and yep. Uh, I'm trying you know, to stop Sudi from having a flank with the big lady. It's <laughs> a good idea. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just take a leaf out of uh, Masika's book and uh, I guess drop myself a. Uh, okay, I don't know if I can get all of them. A positive pulse greater is a 15. Yeah, it's 15 radius no. first. Um, I don't think I can hit... get all of them, but I'll get the two that are over here. Yeah, I was gonna um, say so you could either hit the two over friend. there or you could hit the one next to Masika and and Mech. Let's do the one next to Masika and um, and Mech. All right. They Leave get. Save. Um, a will save. Yes, yes. Twenty-four. Yeah, that's better than my twenty-two. Ah, uh, and Mech has a twenty-five. Okay, well they both save, and that sucks because it's not half. I don't think. No, the damages saver suck, but everybody yep. alive in the radius gets those plus eight. Yeah, to you those get the plus eight to things. Oh, okay. So Masika Sudi two and Citra. Yay! Do I get healing or no? No. Oh. It damages them and gives y'all bonuses. That's essentially okay. how that spell works. I was okay. just trying to get you from not getting flanked next turn because I don't mm -hmm. want her to have an extra hit on thing to you. Yeah, that would. Not That's cool. me. Okay, she's gonna hit All me right. anyway. Yeah, but she doesn't she need won't. the extra. Yeah, right. we don't need to, to, to help her along. That brings us to the Akumen. Okay, so so far, like everything that moves in two's direction gets stabbed by something. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, that's not how that works at all. Chase after <laughs> Hollis, please. I don't know please. what you're talking about. That's not the case all at right, all. So um, he's gonna go ahead and use his burst of vengeance. No, he'll just skirt wide around. No, there's not a way to get around two. <laughs> get him two. Right, he'll use his burst of vengeance to move back, getting the enhanced movement speed, dart around Rude. the outside of the room and step in so that two can't get the attack of opportunity. And we'll swing at Hollis. You know what, man? You're rude. You're rude. Hey, at least it's only one swing. Yep, and he's not getting a flank or anything else like that. That is a 23. That doesn't hit! Haha! Hollis doesn't dance. Okay. As Hollis dives out of the way. Don't dance. We see the other Akumen who eyes Masika angrily. She like sticks to her tongue out at him. Five foot steps Wiggles up against Sudi. Rude. And we'll go ahead and swing at the flanked monk. Okay. Uh, swings at the flanked Sudi. That is a 36. Yeah, that hits. Jerk. Stabbing Sudi in the back for. 19 points of damage. Hefts and swings again with his whole burst of vengeance thing. Don't Ooh. like his burst of vengeance. Don't like it at all. Mm -mm. Don't like the fact Ooh. that they're hitting me so reliably. That is gonna a 44. Healing. Yep, gonna need healing. That is a threat. Yep. Percentile. So much healing. I'm not positive of all the rules on yours. That's a 33 on the percentile. That's a miss. Yeah, I think oh, it does yay, go up when you enlarge. Yes. It goes up 10% when I'm big, so I'm at 40%. Very well. So your stony Yay! flesh turns that into a regular hit instead of a critical hit, because that, uh, that was a perfect 20 to confirm that, so that would have been... That would have been awful. Would have been awful. 
Uh, however, he does stab you in the back, actually only for 12 points of damage this time, so that was a poor okay. roll. Um, and because he it. doesn't actually know any better, he'll go ahead and take his last swing at uh, Masika, because he doesn't figure he's going to hit Sudi, because Sudi's a frontline character, and doesn't realize that Masika probably has a higher AC. Because I'm a monk. Uh, and that's a wash anyway. I do not think a 25 is going to hit Masika. Yeah, no, that's like a total whiff, even. Like, she just leans ah. back a little bit. Lean back. <laughs> like, good try, Pat Pat. All right, I think this is uh, the moment I've been dreading, Citra Nahamra. Yay! Invisible Citra, go! Citra is going to two-weapon fight, go all the frick out on this. Let's go. Do it! Kill her. Go full rogue. Especially Here considering she is still suffering the penalties from that sneak attack since that sneak attack triggered oh, on Sudi's really initiative of 13. Yep. yep. All right, let's start with the uh, first Opportunist attack. Opportunist is so good with an so unchained good. rogue. Yes, oh, it is. amazing. I start with a 16, which gets me a 35, which is a threat. Oh. A 35 will hit your flat-footed, debilitated foe. <laughs> that All is right. a threat will, roll to confirm. Will a 31 confirm? Roll to 12. 31 will confirm your critical hit. Get her. All right. I mean, her AC is stupid low against her, so. Yeah, it's eight off of her flat-footed AC. Yeah, this which is, is already low. <laughs> All right, the first hit will be uh, 44 points of regular damage, three points of electricity, and six points of fire. Okay. Okay. Second attack. As you bury <laughs> your blade into her, she screams. You stab your second blade into her. It would be a 19, uh, which is a 31, which is also a threat. 31 <laughs> will hit threat. Roll to confirm. This one may not confirm. Uh, My money is on it, Will. I rolled a 9 for a 21. 21 will confirm your critical (laughs) hit as you ram your blade in again, continuing to climb up, stabbing into her flat-footed AC minus 8. Ah, rogues. That will be 49 points of regular damage, (laughs) 2 points of electricity, and 1 point of fire. Very well. Another solid blow. She continues to stand as you ram your blade into her again. All right. Second coup. Wrench the weapon free. Bring around like your offhand. You're oh. your arms, you know? Unfortunately, that one was a natural one. Ow. Natural one will automatically miss your target. Okay. But this one Might is Might be the only a... way you can miss right now. That one is a 16 for a 28. A 28 will strike your foe. Which is a threat. <laughs> it's threat. Roll to confirm. <laughs> Plus that 15 to 20 crit range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, helps. It's I was awesome. going to say, it helps if you have the dice luck to support uh, it. That'd be a 12 for a 24. A 24 will confirm your critical hit against your flat-footed foe's AC minus 8. Nice. Which, by the way, will now be minus 8 to hit and uh, damn, or to hit an AC against Citra for the next five rounds. Uh, because <laughs> each time she stabs her, it adds an additional round. Oh, no, no, no. She only hit three times. So four rounds, three rounds after Sudi's turn. That will be uh, 43 points of regular damage and six points of fire. And she takes four points from my helm. Chip, chip, chipping away. Yes, actually, the other two Akamen take it as well. Very well. So Citra stabs viciously over and over. Sudi, again, you can just see, like, sprays of blood and, like, tendons snapping. And, you know, this one slice that goes across the uh, the lower portion of the... uh, uh, the monster as her intestines start to like spool out as she continues <laughs> to fight her way forward. Uh, That's what the nat one was about. You did that and then you're like, oh, so that was the nat one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's one step too far. <laughs> Sudi Kantar. So Sudi, having switched into pummeling style previously, being large size is going to full out attack flurry of blows. All right. On, on mech. All right, that is an 11 for a uh, 36. A 36 will strike your foe as you launch yourself forward, slam your fist into her sternum. For 20 points of damage. Does my opportunist go off? Citra's opportunist does go off as she stumbles back as Sudi <laughs> so, so, slams so her. I'd be a 29. A 29 will strike your flat-footed foe with AC minus <laughs> eight. I rolled a 12. <laughs> I got so used to that's a threat. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have to roll at least a 15. <laughs> Out of curiosity, what do you get if you roll a 2? 21. Okay. okay. Just curious. What Rick is saying is it is possible for her to miss. She's just not missing. Well, I mean, it is possible. A natural 1 would miss. However, a 2 would hit with that right, first right, attack gosh. because it is flat-footed minus 8. Look at your flat-footed and then minus 8 from that and tell yeah. me whether or not Citra could easily stab I mean, you. to be fair, yeah, for flat-footed minus 8 for me is a 19. Citra can always stab Hollis. <laughs> yeah. 
I and that's with a, a heck of a um, lot of monk. <laughs> 39 points of regular damage, 4 points of electricity, and 6 points of fire. Citra, you launch yourself forward, your blade slams, slicing up to your elbow through the slice that you have made to skewer into what remains of her heart as you ride the creature down as she crashes through the stone table and falls still. No more skin stealing for you! It was awful. <laughs> you see the pointing blood-covered arm until the blood fades into invisibility. <laughs> so she shakes kinda, her bloody arm. Kind of like looks over and goes, hmm, takes one step, turns around, looks at the Aquaman that's left, and will use the rest of his attacks to put it in the ground. You get Very to well. flank this one. I do, in fact, get to flank this one. You are flanking with Masika. Yeah, Masika does carry her staff of healing, which is a plus one staff to wrap hey things with. So. Uh, so that is another 11, which gets me a 38. 38 will strike your foe. For 15 points of damage. Still going. Some of that knocked off with the DR. I don't know if you're pummeling going, but first yeah. hit. Uh, okay, so then I roll a 19 for a 39. A 39 will strike your foe for 21 points of damage. 21 points of damage will finish it though as you Yay! spin yeah, it down and launch it across the room and it collapses into <laughs> dust across the far side of the room. Woohoo. Yep, and sadly I've got two and uh, Hollis in between me so I cannot fly and kick at the last one. So I'm gonna mm. take a five foot step and start moving towards uh, the next one. Okay. And that's the end of my turn. Nice. And I From Sudi, we go to yeah. two. Two turns, hefts his blade. Uh, because he wants to finish this fight, he will not power attack just for accuracy. Fair. And swings over Hollis's head. That's what I get for not power attacking. <laughs> that is really a wild, 44. That is a threat. Hey. You know what? We'll take what we can get right now. For real. That is hey, a 36 to confirm, which will be a confirmed critical hit. Oh, time for big hurt. Uh, slicing home for 49 points of damage as he reduces the mummified creature into ash and dust. Nice. Woo. After a long second of breathing, shaking, Citra and Hollis still nervously glancing back towards this undead monstrosity as their shaking condition remains for two minutes. Well, uh, while everyone gets in the two queue for healing that needs yes, it. certainly. Sudi's going to be in gonna, there for a long time. I'm yeah. going to poke around and for the magic on this uh this this skin lady. Ew. <sighs> I've been never been so happy that they didn't have true seeing. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, that would have gone totally different if, if one or all of them had true seeing. So I was like, I just want her to be invisible so she can get out of there. Cause No, that that probably saved my life. This is gonna be a whole day and I don't want to start using my highest level spells. The yeah, first no, fight of no. The uh, that's fine. Uh, I'm good. That that that's that's fine. I am in the two Q with Sudi. I also am in the two Q. Two is in the two Q. Even we're all in the two Q. Everybody except Masika and Armor. Yep. Uh, Masika looking over the body of this woman. Mm-hmm. Disturbingly, she wears nothing magical. Hmm. Okay. However, the pectoral is. We do uh, need that pectoral. Yeah. Yep. It is large size, but. You take the pectoral off. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's not magical. No, so it will not resize. Uh, right. we, just, we just hand it over to two. Yeah, just give it to two. So it's it, it's not magical and uh, it's not going to fit anybody else. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, it's not my usual style, but all right, it's a little ostentatious. Do you want me to hold on to it after we're done? I can just uh, can count it as part of the payment. Great. That sounds wonderful. How much is it worth? 8,000 gold pieces. We have to pay two. It doesn't, you know. <laughs> Great. So uh, in the meantime, Masika, if you take the time to search the rest of the room, uh, what do you get taking 10 on Spellcraft while everyone else is getting patched up? 34. 34. The Akumen were each wearing a plus one horn lamellar. <laughs> uh, so eight sets of that. Okay. Eight uh, plus one heavy wooden shields. Masika just takes the bag of holding from Sudi and just starts shoveling crap in. <laughs> yeah. Eight menacing kopeshes, plus one menacing kopeshes, oh. and uh, eight masterwork lombos. Uh, as a side note, menacing, which is something I was not familiar with before, and uh, I feel like it's almost something that I need to include in games way more often. 
Ooh, what does it do? A uh, menacing weapon helps allies deal with flanked foes. When wielding this oh. weapon adjacent to a creature that is being flanked by an ally, the flanking bonus on attack rolls for all flanking allies increases by two. Oh. This ability works oh. even if the wielder is wow. not one of the characters flanking the creature. Wow, what? that's cool. Wow, that's cool. So, wow. yeah, that's uh, that's why their flanking bonuses were so phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Everybody I, I, I kind of feel we'll like every fighter in a party with a rogue needs one of these. Yeah. Right? You give one to Hollis and she's just like, I'm not even proficient. I just stand next to things. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, Citra. I guess we should go check that room at the other end of oh, the hallway. Oh, sorry. There's, there's a bit more stuff as well. Oh, okay. Well, assuming that you're uh, sweeping the room with detect magic, you can tell there are a couple of magical things scattered about this room. Yeah. Masika's going to do that while you everybody have time. else We're is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a up. couple of minutes for you guys to get patched. Uh, Citra will be visible again before long. <laughs> yeah. It's just, this is free, and I can keep my heels for, you know, combat, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally We're not going to too long to get patched up, so it's fine. be different if it was, like, 30 minutes every time or something. Searching amid the discarded corpses and body parts between the embalming tables here. Narmer, this is real gross. <laughs> yep. Do you want me to go in? Sure. Uh, then I'll be rusty okay. and gross. He then dives in like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what it feels like to be a carrion feeder. Uh, searching through the bodies, you find the following. Three scrolls of Create Greater Undead. <laughs> oh. In case you needed one. A scroll of Dictum. What is that? What is that? Mm. Uh, it's basically Holy Word, but for lawful. Oh, okay. That's uh, not going to... Yeah, I was going to say, that's not That's <laughs> not going to be useful. They're yeah. all lawful here. A scroll of Mass Bull Strength. That's cool. Hmm. In case you need it. I think the strong people have strong belts already. Three masks. Each one of these are made of hammered gold set with inset onyx eyes. Each one of them depicts the dark god set. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. However, they are worth bank. They're worth uh, 7,600 gold pieces apiece. Oh, good. Jeez. That could probably pay off our friend. In addition to this, you do find an additional sixth scroll lying in a puddle of gore. It's writing Eek. significantly damaged. Okay. What is it? Uh, as it is right now, you can't read it. You would need to either clean it off via magic or, you know, traditional means, whichever. Press the digitation would clean it off. I do have that. If you bring it to me, I'll press to digitize it. Okay. Yeah, because Masika didn't have anything like that. Yeah, while I'm in line. Uh, doing so, Masika, go ahead and roll me a spellcraft as you look this over. I roll a perfect 20. Nice. There we go. Nice. For a 44. With a 44, this scroll contains a spell but not a spell that you have ever heard of. Brand exactly what this does, you're not entirely positive. Well, allow me to rephrase that. The exact magic on this, you're not entirely positive how it works because it seems to have been a spell in development. Cool. A. Whatever it is, is a spell that somehow accelerates the mummification process. Oh. Like some sort Weird. of strange, almost single target version of a horrid wilting. Uh, it would require a knowledge arcana check to learn anything more pertaining towards this. As it stands, it appears to be mostly worthless. Weird. Yes, if you tell Hollis that there is secret magic that's not fully cast and it's a scroll, she would probably literally skip over to look at it. I imagine you actually skipping too. Yeah, your long, you know, weird little limbs just going to the limbs. Uh, I roll a 12 for 39 on my arcana. You are aware. Not of what this does, but that contemporary embalmers have spoken of this legendary magic for centuries, millennia. This is, in fact, a lost historical art form of accelerating the mass mummifications of the first and second age of Osirian. What? It was believed by contemporary embalmers to be the pinnacle of magical embalming processes. The scroll does not pr- function properly in its current state. However, a uh, priest who uh, conduct funerary tasks, such as, uh, I don't know, a temple of Phrasma, yep. would probably be willing to pay at least 5,000 gold pieces for oh. this knowledge alone. Wow. As it could revolutionize modern mummification. We got to take this tight. one back to Septi. That's cool. Hollis will and make notes really about neat. it, though, so she's going to stick it in her bag for now you make so that copy. she can like <laughs> document her findings, and then we'll give it to Septi when we get out of here. If necessary, you could, of course, attempt to cast this like a regular scroll. You're not 100% positive what it would do. 
But and it's probably not going to do probably anything on the, any of the undead we're fighting Sounds in here. Sounds terrifying. We'll best with it if we have, if everybody else is dead and Hollis has only the scroll, maybe there's a thing there, but I don't know. Yep. Awesome. This is what archaeology is about. <laughs> <laughs> Killing monsters and learning scrolls. Knowledge lost to the, you know, the ages that could help revitalize modern practices. Society. Cool. Uh, I, we should probably go check out that other door. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I suppose you collect yourselves gingerly walk around the uh, the pile of spent flesh <laughs> before making your way back out and into the hall beyond. Mm-hmm. Exiting the chamber, making your way back into the hallway. Following the hallway as it turns left, reaching the intersection once again that leads back into the chamber where you met with Sahila, you can continue your way along until you get back to the opposite side where you had seen the first of the stone red doors. So I wonder if the handprint is really big because the herald would put her hand on here and yeah, she she's big. big. Although I thought it was that she rips off her skin and then she can't put it back on again. So like... It probably doesn't matter how big your hand she, is. She can do that for dramatic effect to cause the fear effect, but she can actually just wiggle her way out of any skin that she has and like keep them stored in a closet somewhere. <laughs> We're probably gonna find a bunch of skins in oh this room. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, I don't I don't That's so she's got like her different outfits for her different like, you know, mm-hmm. social outings. It reminds me of Return to Oz whenever um the the evil like sorceress lady has the entire closet full of heads that she trades mm. out. I feel like um, at some point we need to do a viewing party for a Return to Oz just because you've mentioned it so much. It's and I'm sure nobody so knows what oh, that it is. It reminds me of Buffalo Bill. Yeah. She's mm, just sitting there yep. like it puts the lotion on its skin as she's making her mummies. Does There's the a lot door of open when two gets close enough since he's wearing the pectoral? So uh, she can present no. it. This is this is just her bedroom or whatever. You probably just have to put your hand there. Yeah, since two's big. Wait, no, this is not her bedroom. This is most definitely her uh like the where the generals and such are. Maybe. Two makes his way forward, places his hand on the hand indention in the center of this red block. All of you hear the click, 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 click of the gears inside of the wall spinning and whirring. The stone lowers its way down into the floor, and all of you can step making your way inside. The walls of this room are covered in hieroglyphs, as are the floor. Three archers are depicted on the floor of this chamber, surrounded by a border of glowing red sickles. Over two dozen mummified beings lay on the floor, arrayed in neat rows, wearing white linen kilts with gold buckles, somewhat akin to the creatures that you just faced. Oh, these are all the, like, spares. Ooh. Three emaciated corpses hang from chains Ooh, yep. on the wow. far wall, their rotted linen wrappings in tatters and their mummified flesh rent as if by exceptionally large claws mm. in a manner that seems very familiar, particularly to Citra. Ugh. Piles of rotting cloth and what you can only describe as leather-like strips of formerly human flesh lie on the floor beneath the bodies. And rough hieroglyphs are scrawled on the wall above the corpses and what appears to be recently dried blood. You would have to approach the corpses to actually read them. Yeah, we need to figure out what's going on in here. Use your detect undead ability. Does somebody have that? Oh, yeah. Uh, studio kick on tomb site to see if any of these are actual undead. Sweeping the room as you make your way. What is the range on that out of curiosity? 60 feet. So anything within your dark vision range? All yeah, right. anything Anything I can see. We're carefully walking as though not to step on anyone. Yeah. Anyone that wishes to may make a knowledge arcana or history check. Take your pick. All right. Um, I'm going to roll another 12. 37. I don't think Sugar wants to see these bodies, so I will not request her aid. I I rolled a three for an 11 history. Uh, I rolled a 19 for a 31 for Arcana. Good job. So, Hollis, Citra, both of you can identify the sigils on the floor. These are components of ancient Osiriani mummification rituals. You believe that they're designed to basically enhance the mummification or possibly even aid in the necromantic practices of mummification on the bodies on the ground. Although without detecting magic, you can't know anymore. Hmm. 
Looking over the mummies on the ground, you can tell that there are 27 of them in all. Wow. Gracious. It looks like there were previously more in here. Uh, in total, you believe that there were perhaps 35 bodies. Minus the eight that they took over and she was reanimating them. <laughs> Looking over the corpses hanging from the wall, you can see the hieroglyphs there read, Those who failed to create the Sky Pharaoh's honor guard have paid the price. And Mech does not accept disobedience. Okay. So, Anmek killed all of these people. Well, she specifically did bad things to those people. To those eight, you think? No, the ones that are well, hanging. The, the ones that are hanging. Can we no. tell? Is there any way to tell who they were? Is one of them missing an arm, for instance? Making your way over to the bodies, inspecting them, uh, you may make a perception roll for anyone that's searching over these bodies. I think I'll just detect magic. Okay, well, Narmer's gonna make the perception roll because he can fly up and look closer, and also because Masika's perception sucks. Hollis is gonna detect magic on these runes and whatnot because yeah, eh. Sudi's gonna continue focusing on his tomb site, probably just looking down the the <laughs> struggle to call this hallway the room here to see if step closer so you can up. see the edge. Okay, so then I would move up with them then, so that I'm keeping in line. Like the two just goes ahead and it's like mm, I'm gonna be bigger now. <laughs> yes, two does enlarge himself to huge size. The ceilings in this chamber are 30 feet high. You know, we've been dealing with some uh, gnarly stuff, you know, having a having a big help. Having a Is day and help? it's only like breakfast. Yeah. Uh, what did so you guys get for those perceptions? Uh, Narmer got a 33. Uh, Citra rolled a 16 for a 36. So both Narmer and Citra can determine the claw rents and damage to these bodies were extensive. However, they were not the... It's difficult to say when you're dealing with a mummified creature, the phrase, the killing blow. However, the killing blow in all of these occasions seems to have been the bodies being ripped to pieces. Ooh. Particularly the tendons that allow the mummified creature to animate. Uh, before each of them had a single blow go through the center of their foreheads. Hanging from these are what appear to be chains. Pulling the chains free, you find that each one of them has embedded in their skulls an unholy symbol of the god set. Wow. Citra, you would also note that the uh, clothing, the scraps of clothing and such on the ground below denote that these individuals were probably mummified and left, but also left with their robes, which denoted them as priests of the dark god set as well. So they killed the priests and then did this to them? This it seems like Anmek did this to them when she woke up. Maybe they wouldn't... Considering she said she yes. doesn't bode failure. Except disobedience. Yeah. So I wonder what they disobeyed her about. They could have just failed. I mean, there's no way to know at this point. Hmm. I'm not sure well, I, I mean, there is know. a way, but that feels... Eh. That seems like a waste to just go divine yeah. and try to figure this out. <laughs> we need to uh, make sure that Speak none of that. these people are going to, you know, get up and follow us later. Well, Sudi? I mean, I, I've been looking at all of them. Then none of them are undead. What's the magic on the floor? Or is there magic on the floor, I guess? Uh, detecting magic, there is magic on the floor. You may make a spellcraft if you so wish. Okay, I'm going to roll a nat 20 trap. on that. I always roll nat 20s when I don't super need them, but I will not <laughs> be that upset about it. Uh, that's a 47. Nope, 45. I keep forgetting I'm shaking. No, are we still shaking? No, you're not shaking anymore. No, we're not shaking anymore. Okay, 47. Yeah, it took two more than two minutes to heal you guys, so okay, the cool. shaking ended. Once you're convinced that she was dead. Are we sure she's dead? <laughs> Looking over the floor, I imagine Hollis gets excited once again. <gasps> excited. These sigils are part of an ancient Osirian mummification ritual, the knowledge of which has been lost to the ages. <gasps> you believe that this was part of a ritual that would, in essence, are usually used only for the greatest warriors in service to a pharaoh, or potentially the pharaoh's enemies being, in essence, trapped and enslaved into his service. This, in essence, would create a large circular area through ritual of numerous priests to allow multiple creatures to be animated as mummified beings simultaneously inside of the circle of necromantic power. Oh. You believe that this one was improperly applied and, and therefore ineffective. Failed. So they failed. Oh, okay. All right, so they were trying to raise all these homies over here, all these guys. 27 of them in total. 27 of these guys, but they uh, <laughs> messed it up, and that's probably why they got uh, punished, kind of 
looks at the wall. Well, that's good news for us, Two says. Yeah. They're surprisingly effective. I don't think I would have wanted to fight 30 of them at a time. Yeah, no thanks. That sounds uh, real no. bad. With all of them getting a plus four for flank. <laughs> oh my god. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hollis takes some notes. Again. Again, this is why everyone needs to do the uh, four dwarven warriors with tower shields forming into a little box and just shuffling their way through dungeons. Yep. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get that. Well, but I don't see anything else in here. Anything else in here? No, it seems we got lucky and none of these have animated. And if you said they can't animate because of these uh, sigils being improperly placed, then I think mm-hmm. we're in the clear. Well, then I guess we should go down the other passageway now that we have the pectoral. Yep. So I guess back to the uh, the thwomp thwomp room. Yes, we wave <laughs> thum, 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 at, uh, <laughs> our friend, at our friend in there and we keep it going. It makes a thwomp thwomp sound. I know, it's just funny. She has, uh, of course, dissipated in her entirety, but... We just wave generally to the room. Very well. Hollis does anyway. Oh, wait, no, she was trapped in that room. I was like, maybe she watched, but no. <laughs> we didn't die. We're going to go deal with Hawktep, hopefully now. You gather yourselves, make your way back into the hallway, navigate your way back through the hallway, and eventually into the aromatic chamber once again. Before making your way through the center of the aromatic chamber, again, this constant droning sound of these magical apparatus, these clockwork and magic hybrid machines capable of powering this structure and giving it flight. As you walk from one side of the room to the other, you pass, probably giving a somewhat of a wide berth to the uh, the one that is sparking and yeah. <laughs> spitting yeah. before beginning to approach the large red block on the opposite side. Two, I imagine, steps up to point. Uh, looking this over, you can tell that the, uh, the stone block is covered in a design. Um, as you, well, actually, real quick, before you get to the block... As you make a wide circle, you do pass by what appears to be a damaged section of the wall. Hmm. Uh, although the damage itself seems to be steadily reconstituting itself. Unlike most of the walls in this room, this room is very practical. There are very few hieroglyphs anywhere else in this chamber. This one, however, does include some hieroglyphs. With your previous experience, you can recognize this as a Scrivener's Wall. Oh. Much like the other ones that you've oh, seen oh, elsewhere. Hey, what does it? Yeah, let's take a look at that. The hieroglyphs here are badly damaged. Those that are still legible on the wall read, Sothis, secure my throne, glorious. The other hieroglyphs that would connect these words have been destroyed. So he sent his own message, huh? To somewhere. And then it was hit for whatever reason. Well, we dropped this pyramid on the ground. I mean, I guess, but all the which other ones Which means I guess it was sent before we dropped the pyramid on the ground, which is good. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind that this area is lower than all the other areas. So technically, this area took the oh, this yeah, yeah this area got hit harder. Brunt of the damage. Mm. Hmm. But why would there be one here? So that Hakatep himself could do things. You think he's taking a step out here to do this? It might be for uh, the Herald, since she seems to stay mostly on this side. Well, I mean, it said secure my throne. Yeah, I mean, Hakatep would have been writing it, and she would have been the one reading it. I mean, I suppose his plan might have been to animate all of these, uh, well, Aquaman, for lack of a better term, and use them to take Sotis. I mean, certainly, and also all of his other pyramids that he had in the sky that we brought out of the sky. Hmm. He may have been but intending to attack all, all of the cities simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Well, Hopefully if, our plan worked on that. If I've learned anything from the continuous battles between heaven and hell, uh, which is actually a great deal. Uh, it's that usually cutting off an enemy's reinforcements is just as important as a single decisive strike. So it mm-hmm. seems, to my understanding, that uh, they had already secured three pyramids or four pyramids over Sothis that this one would have joined. And mm-hmm. that they would have cut off Apec, the sister cities to the south, the navy, with all the rest of the pyramids and ensure that Sothis couldn't withstand a an aerial siege at that point, which uh, from what I understand of most mortal cities, they're not designed really to withstand aerial sieges. They are not. Not at all. Not particularly. Well, in fact, not at all. All right. Two approaches the stone block. The block itself covered in designs with basically stones of red, black, and blue, much as the pectoral that two is wearing. He steps forward, waits for a couple of moments, removes the pectoral, places it up to the stone. The stone shifts as two replaces it back onto his shoulders. And with a click, 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 clock-like whirl, 
descends down into the earth. A passageway continues beyond for some good 30 feet or so, as I assume you make your way into the hallway beyond. Yes. Mm -hmm. Stepping forward, several paintings of recumbent jackals decorate the floor of this corridor. Prayers and sigils line the surrounding walls, hieroglyphs set in neat rows over every available surface. As you step forward, you reach an intersection, the hallway stretching to the limit of your dark vision off towards your right-hand side, down a long, long, 60-foot-plus-long corridor as it stretches out of sight. To your left, you see the passage continues for some distance, although at just the edge of your visual range, you can see that there's a turn to the left in this otherwise unremarkable save for the design on the floor corridor. A design on the floor that all of you probably somewhat recognize, although immediately comes to mind for Hollis, that she's actually identified this hieroglyph before. The recumbent jackal is the same as the symbol that you had seen back in the fire crypt near the huh. secret tomb of the Nosferatu, a symbol indicating burial crypts as you eye the surrounding otherwise unremarkable walls. And we'll pick it up here next time. They're in the walls. They're probably in the tank walls, yeah. We're going to get halfway down the hall and then all the walls collapse inwards and it's mummies everywhere. Oh, gosh. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.